Oh. Um, Mr. Kelly. Oh, hey, Sergeant. What's all this? With all the time I've been home, I put in a Zen garden. What an amazing place to balance your chi. It is. And with a personal loan from PenFed, I was able to borrow the entire cost, up to $50,000, at a great low rate with no hidden fees and a simple pre-qualify. But you're not in the military. Everyone gets great rates at PenFed, whether you're in uniform or not. I feel more enlightened already. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org loans. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCOA. Hey there, animation fans, and welcome once again to another episode of the AFA Podcast, the official podcast for animationforadults.com. My name is Rachel, and joining me today are my two good buddies, Chris. Hello. Hey, Chris, and as well as Dan. Hey, Dan, it's been a bit. Hello, it has been a bit. Yes, and a lot of crazy stuff's been happening in the world, but we are here to bring it back to something that you're here to tune in for, and that is to talk about the latest animation news as well as some really cool stuff that we've had a chance to watch over the last uh couple couple weeks i guess sorry this is the last last time we recorded um and i know with uh, the opportunity of things changing in the world right now we'll leave a lot of other opportunities for people to sit down get a get a nice warm drink and uh watch some animation because it's it's there's been never never been a better excuse to just binge watch a show that you either have not yet watched or uh something that you love. So we're going to go into some stuff that we've had a chance to take an opportunity to watch. But before that, we're going to get into some really interesting news breaking in the, uh, the industry right now. Um, a few things that uh, Chris has been very di- diligently covering on the site. Uh, Chris, did you want to take the lead on that? Okay. So, uh, yeah, starting with some of the new productions that have been announced. Netflix are at it again. They just can't stop announcing things. They just announce things out the wazoo all the time. And um, quite a few of them are animation. So that's good for us. And um, one of them is, you may remember, like, I think it was about a year and a half ago, Netflix announced that they had the rights to produce things based on uh, Roald Dahl. I believe I remember we were covering that once. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure we talked about it at the time. Mm. And it was it was very vague sort of thing that they announced. They just they they had a little trailer thing, and they said that they were gonna they were gonna be sort of based in the world of Roald Dahl, and they were gonna be limit limited event animation or something. I think they were mm-hmm. they were all gonna be animation. I, I don't mm-hmm. I couldn't quite remember if it was like a mix or whatever. Yeah, because um uh, a couple of years ago um. Oh my goodness! What even is it called now? Revolting Rhymes was a like a special. Yeah, that was on the BBC. That was um, yeah, and I think we were asking whether it was going to be a continuation from that production, but it looks like no, it's not. Yeah, um, we've got the first one of these has been announced all this time later, and it is that Taika Waititi is going to be directing and adapting a cut two. Uh, limited event series based on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for Netflix. Hmm. Taika Waititi, of course, is the director of such films as What We Do in the Shadows and uh, Hunt for the World of People and uh, the Oscar winning for his screenplay, um, Jojo Rabbit, and of course, F- For Ragnarok. But I didn't want to say that first because 
I thought, you know, I wanted to give his smaller films a shout out first. Yeah, yeah. well, I, and, and, <clears throat> well, Thor Ragnarok is probably, in my opinion, the best of the Thor films because he was able to bring such a nice uh, bit of humor to it. Um, it's mm. definitely not. I mean, it's, it wouldn't say it's his best work. It would say if you like if you like Thor Ragnarok, check out a lot of other uh, Taika Waititi's work because he's just a really fun filmmaker. And I, I don't know. I, I, I've kind of have found a new love for the guy, not just after Thor Ragnarok, but also the what you know the few episodes he was involved with in uh, uh, the uh, Disney Plus Mandalorian uh, show. Oh yeah, because he was involved. He was the director of the uh, see the first season finale, and also the voice for a uh, particular uh, oh. droid that we see in the uh, show. So that was pretty fun. Awesome. Um, so what we know is that there are going to be two series. One of which is going to be based in the work, the characters, and the world of the novel, but. What's interesting is none of these things seem to be straight adaptations, which is because, you know, we've got a definitive Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, we could say. I don't though- think we can say that. <laughs> can we not? No, I don't know if we can. No? Uh, personally, no, I don't think that. I don't think it's been You don't like the classic 60s one? The, uh, well, the, you mean the, 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 the brown water river? Oh, it's magical, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I I saw that movie when I was like um, maybe seven years old, just after I'd finished reading the book, and it was like the first encounter I had with. Oh, my imagination is actually pretty good <laughs> because I was just ah. thinking, "Oh, come on, that's not what I." Was. And then the Burton movie was visually more my thing, but structurally not quite it. So I think, yeah, I don't think there has yet to be a definitive version. Honestly. I can I can see where you're coming from to a degree. Well, I'll I'll always have a very special place in my heart for the Gene Wilder. Uh, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. It's an amazing movie, of, especially right. his portrayal of Wonka was very very iconic for me, and I, you know, I just couldn't really get into the acting that was in the um, into the more recent one, but it's the same. Creepy. <laughs> yes, it's very creepy. Um, I I feel like if you took the best elements of both of those films and stuck them together, you would have probably a definitive uh, Willy Wonka Listen and the Chocolate me. Factory. I mean, I'm kind of sat here thinking, I mean, there's no way that Waititi doesn't take the role for himself. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he would like, make a fantastic Willy Wonka. He would. Even in a live action production, he would be a fantastic... I've just remembered that, of course, um, there is a definitive version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh-huh. Uh, yep, uh, Tom and Jerry, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, God! Oh, no! You just had to bring that film back up again, didn't you? No, I think Chris invented it, because it. I don't think that exists. It, it I don't does. think I've ever heard of that. no. Dan, it does, but don't ever look it up. No, I, I, I think I have some vague memory of it, but I can't remember if it was a fever dream or... <laughs> let's just I wouldn't blame you for it being a fever dream. because Let's just pretend that it, it didn't, never happened. 
though. Because if it, it didn't happen, then it can't hurt us. Okay. That's true. That's true. Like, okay, like Indiana Jones for um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, never happened. Yes. Hey, the first twenty minutes absolutely happened. <laughs> <laughs> I defend everything in the first like. I don't know. Up until they reach. Uh, pretty much up until him and um, oh my god, what is his name? His son. No, his character's name. Uh, Mutt. 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 Yeah. That up until was his name. And, up until him and Mutt go actually like grave digging, I think it is. Um, that's when the film starts to fall apart for me. But uh-huh. the first like half hour is pretty good. Okay, so I think that this. Who who's to say what uh, putting Taika Waititi in charge of a animated uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory will mm-hmm. look like? But it sounds intriguing. And the uh, the second one he's doing is going to be based entirely around Oompa Loompas. Oh, there's like a, there's going to be a spinoff of it well, of the of the main story. Well, the uh, like I said, I don't think the original, the other series is going to be an ad- adaptation so much as, I don't, I don't quite, it's, it's a bit confusing. Well, they... Taika doesn't really do adaptations. Um, both Jojo Rabbit um, and um, Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. And even if you want to look at Thor Ragnarok, but that's another thing. Both those movies are based on books of which his film interpretation is very different. Um, Hunt for the Wilder People, I don't think is very funny, or Jojo Rabbit, um, the book that's based on, doesn't have a comedic streak to it at all, and he effectively used it as a jumping off point. Hmm. So I would be surprised in that regard if he did a straight adaptation. Okay. And... We've been waiting for Taika Waititi to do an animated film for ages because he was going to do that Bubbles thing about Michael Jackson. He was. And and that didn't happen for obvious reasons. And he was going to do an animated Flash Gordon, but that didn't survive the the takeover of Fox by Disney. So we're we're looking forward to him bringing his style to um, animation. And it'll be... There's part of me that thinks... This would be really good in stop motion, but I'm sure, I'm sure they could do it great in CG or whatever. There's part of me that's thinking, how does he translate what he does to animation? Yeah, agreed. because mainly, be, mainly because um, as a director, I've heard that he like, I mean, he effectively Thor Ragnarok. He just used the script as like a guide. In terms of like, like, by the end of the scene, you need to be angry at Loki and we need to have this plot point resolved. But like, he really, really workshops things and he talks things through the actors and he's quite spontaneous kind of um, director. And it'll be interesting to see how he um, achieves that in animation because animation doesn't lend itself to the same kind of spontaneity it no you have to plan it, it out you have to kind of like um yeah like create the illusion of spontaneity a lot more mm-hmm. that'll be an interesting challenge to see because i don't believe up to this point has he ever been well you know he was involved was involved in animation before or is that 
or is this his first take? I want to make sure I'm, I'm following his career history, right? He did, he did a, apparently he did a, a draft of Moana, but mm. I, I don't know if any of it got used in the end film, but he, he gets like a credit on Moana. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah, so like, this, this might be interesting to see, like you said, Dan, it should be uh, curious to see how his style blends with the, you know, the medium of animation. He's got loads of stuff. He's he's got he's really busy though. He's got loads of things uh, he signed <laughs> up for. So I think I know he's meant to be doing a Thor movie in the middle of all this. Oh as yeah, well. yeah, oh, yeah. He's doing four four. And um, I've got his theory that he's just piling up all these films to keep pushing back the live action Akira further. <laughs> I don't think he wants it to happen. So he's just signed up uh-huh. so that no one else makes it. That's my theory. That would be that would be hilarious if that was true. <laughs> I would love that. I, cool I would have so much more respect for the man. It would be cool if this one actually happens as well, because like I feel like between him and Edgar Wright, we've had so many cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> or just never, or just DOA um, animation projects. Yeah, Edgar Wright was supposed to be doing animation as well. The Me and My Shadow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, well, I don't know, but it it seems as though uh the Tim Minchin, what happened with him and um uh his film. Yeah, I think um that might have been the kind of uh what's the word? Uh, warning story of sorts. Um you know, to people looking to cross over into animation and mm. you know, um yeah, there was a really, not to go too off track, there was a really great <clears throat> interview recently with Tim Minchin where he spoke about, um, on Richard Herring's podcast, where he spoke about uh, kind of what he went through in um, in the can- in the sort of uprooting of his life for... Yeah, he took his whole life so and family out, out to LA mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. And then just had it killed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we've uh, we've kind of covered that story, right? Yeah, I believe so. I think we've got another uh, development story, and then we wanted to talk about a few trailers that have uh, that have hit the internet recently. So, uh, yeah. what's the next uh, development or next? Uh, I believe it's another Netflix story, correct? We've actually got two more stories about people who aren't normally in animation going into animation. Okay, so, uh, and one of them's Netflix, one of them isn't, and the first one is that um, there's going to be a new animated series, an adult animated series for Netflix, um, with, that's going to be executive produced by Tina Fey, and mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be created by Robert Carlock and Sam Means, and they are the team, the creative team, uh, behind Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the Netflix comedy. So um, it's going to, it's created by Carlock and Means, but it's executive produced by Tina Fey, so I don't know how much how much involvement she's going to have, but she's mm-hmm. like the marquee name that they're using to announce the story. Well, she's huge in the world of comedy, so you put yeah. her name on it, you know people are going to pay attention. But uh, Carlock and Means, you might not know their names, but they've basically done loads of comedy writing over the past like 20 or so years. They've uh, between them, they've written for Thirty Rock, Parks and Recreation, Saturday Night Live, The Daily Show, and Friends. So, 
And I've heard really good things. I mean, I have yet to have a chance to uh, get it, you know, look at the show, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, it's uh, funny. But it, yeah, I've heard it. I've heard good things. I've heard it's very funny. So uh, my friends can't stop telling me jokes about it and out of context. Oh, that's always great. Uh-huh. <laughs> so one day I will get the context, but right, that's not right now. And the show is called Mulligan. And it's as in the expression, take a mulligan to do something again. It's an American expression, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yes. it came from golf. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, I read that. Um, and it's off, there's an alien invasion that basically destroys the world, apart from a small bunch of people, and they have to rebuild the world. And uh, they're, oh. they're doing the mulligan on the human race. And they have to learn how to do normal things like farming, it says. So. I am getting that, that, that in a way is giving me like a Dr. Stone vibes, though I doubt the, any one of the, uh, I'm not sure if any of the characters will be as uh, mad scientisty as the, the main character protagonist of uh, Dr. Stone. <laughs> I I'm not sure if either of you have. Uh, I don't know what Dr. Stone is. I know oh, it's is an it anime. an anime? It yeah. is an anime. Um, yeah. It is shown in anime, I think. But what makes it unique, and it can kind of tie into uh, this this story a little bit, is the idea is that for whatever reason, they, uh, the reason behind it isn't explained just yet. There's an ongoing mystery resounding that one day, you know, modern day, you know, world, the entire, everyone just starts, it becomes petrified. And then for who knows how many hundreds of thousands of years pass and, you know, humanity who has become, you know, petrified, some people begin to break out of it. One you mean such an as in turned to stone, not as no, in just really scared. scared, right? Yeah, like yeah. yeah, they're turned to stone, like literally living stone. Um, and I'm trying to make sure I have the main character's name here because, I mean, if you see, if you look Google his design, like it's very like definitely <clears throat> shown in protagonist, but also very like mad scientist, which I absolutely adore. Um, let's see, Doctor Stone characters. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, Senku. Okay, that's why it was his name was uh, not coming to me. Um, Ishigami uh, Senku. Uh, he is this very egotistical, uh, but very like you know all about science uh, kid, and he's basically taking this opportunity of after surviving this uh, petrification and uh, turning to stone and. Um, having a few other uh, people that he knows uh, also come out of the st- you know this their stone prisons basically like okay humanity's basically effed but we're going to basically kind of reset it with uh rediscovering humanity's greatest scientific discoveries and uh rebuild humanity from the ground up which is, and then the whole show so far has been his process of kind of going through and make, uh, and coming up with those different like uh, ideas, like you know, harnessing electricity, which takes a good long while before it gets to. They really show you the process of how that happens. So it's very atypical for typical shonen uh, uh, series, which is normally normally can devolve into a battle manga, but this is not. This is not that. Yet. <laughs> Yet. We shall see. We shall then, see if it stays with it. 
next volume is oh there's a battle tournament for some reason <laughs> then we'll see we'll see there it, it seems to be avoiding that trope pretty heavily at the moment but i haven't caught up with it in a while so but i just like that that concept of like okay we're forced to reset how do we do things cool i'll just finish up the um announcements bit with the the non-netflix one which is done uh hasn't got a specific network or whatever attached at the moment, uh, but it's the Warner Brothers animation. So mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking that it'll probably be HBO Max probably. in the US at least. Um, and it is, it is that Ava DuVernay, the uh, filmmaker behind films like uh, Selma and Queen Sugar and The 13th and uh, A Wrinkle in Time, uh, is going to be uh, developing an animated series with with uh, Warner Brothers based on the fantasy novel series Wings of Fire, mm. which I've not heard of, uh, but there's 15 novels, three graphic novels and four, okay. four short stories, and it's created by 2ET Sutherland, and it is basically, it's in a world entirely ruled by dragons, and there are dragons having wars, and... Uh, it's, it sounds so cool, it's based though. on a comic. It's based and on no, a comic series. No, uh, novels. Just written novels, and there are three graphic novels as well. Oh, I see. Okay. And it's, That is, it, sounds cool. The stories are told from the perspective of multiple dragons, so it's going to probably... Wait, wait, what was the name of the book series again? Wings of Fire. Oh, shit, I love those books. Yeah. I love those books so much. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, cool. yeah, it's, it's, uh... If you're a fan of anything fantasy dragon related, this is this is good. This is going to be so good. Yeah, I, I don't want to go. To, do you want me to elaborate or do like this? Because I, I I'm afraid that if, if I geek if I if I geek out for too long, I'll I'll derail this okay. discussion. <laughs> but we've got a recommendation there for the book series. So no, yeah, it's 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 fascinating. It it is interesting fantasy uh, exploration of dragons and you know if they can have us you know what their society could be like if they had a society um and or you know the difference between dragons of you know as like being animalistic creatures versus you know actually thinking sentient beings so it's good it's awesome cool is it like spyro the dragon (laughs) <laughs> it, it depends on which spiral. It depends on which spiral you're talking. If you're talking the original trilogy, definitely not. It probably okay. be more something akin to the GameCube games. <laughs> okay, I, I've just been playing the original game. Well, the reignited. Oh, those are great. They're so cute. I love those. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just got it for my Switch. So, it's did so they do cool. Crash ones? They Crash they remastered. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I because um, I played a load of Crash Team Racing last year. Yeah, mm, yeah, time. that's that's why. Cool. Okay. So that's basically the uh, news about stuff. That's... Stuff. What's going on? Stuff. Yeah. So trailer talk. Trailer. Yeah, yeah, we got some trailers. Uh, I believe the first one, I think the one that grabbed my attention the most is a uh, animated film that is going to be uh, coming from Sony. Uh, and it's got um, inv- Phil Lord and Chris Miller are involved, but they are not the directors. Correct? No, they are not. 
uh, is who we have is listed as the director. I'll be go back through with um, Mike Rianda and oh Jeff Rowe. They are writing, both, writing and directing. Yeah, they are both uh, alumni of Gravity Falls. Yeah, I um, I saw those. I saw that and uh, looked at the trailer myself. And the idea is, it's a father daughter story. Um, as the, but it's also got the technology uh, bit to it. So the idea is that these, you know, father daughter growing apart. The daughter is more interested. You know, does a lot of interesting like work on her on her phone and her laptop. It is very becoming tech focused. Where her father feels like you know she's pulling away. It's like okay, no phones at the table. You know, let's. There's a good joke about eye contact um, <laughs> in the trailer, but then, and as she's going to getting ready for college, her father, in a way, in a last ditch effort to basically reconnect with her, is like, oh, we're gonna drive you to college instead of taking giving you a plane ride. So we're gonna have a family road trip. So you can kind of see where that's going. But the nice wrinkle is that in the midst of all this is a robot uprising, <laughs> which I'm like, of course, that's what I, I never knew I needed that in my father daughter movie. But now that I see that it's actually here, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to see what they'll do with it yeah, in terms this, of comedy. Up until like a month ago, this was known as Michelin and the Machines, but they've chosen <laughs> a, a more snappy title uh, of Mitchell's versus the Machines. Because mm -hmm. the families, the Mitchells. I have to say, at least of different parts of the trailer that stuck out with me, a joke that I know is probably going to be a lot used in a lot of the trailers leading up to this film's release is the bit where she's cataloging the trip across country and she keeps sneaking the dog. Yeah. To try and like, to, mm -hmm. to to catch her dad off guard. It's hilarious. That dog. Yeah, is, that dog's going to be a star. <laughs> I mean, the whole joke of having the robots look at the dog is it is a dog, it's a pig, it's a dog, yeah. it's a pig. <laughs> Cannot understand. So <laughs> this this has got a really interesting animation style, which is a sort of um, a different evolution of the style used in Spider-Verse. It's a different, it's a different, um, obviously, it's not going for a comic booky look, it's going for just a more sort of normal cartoony look, but it's got the same sort of quality to it in a lot of ways. It doesn't look like your average CG movie. No, no they kind of, they've kind of got um, like drawn lines on the characters. Yeah. So kind of like how Spider... It's actually a lot subtler than Spider-Verse. Mm. Um, but it, but it, yeah, it has the same effect where like the character's eyes have outlines and things like that. But it's mm -hmm. way cartoonier than Spider-Verse. Yeah. Oh, um, very much. It's more like, it's more like Cloudy with the Chance of Meebles or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's, um, that's what I was thinking when I was, uh, when I was looking at, I knew I was being reminded of something, but I wasn't sure quite what. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs in terms of similarity. That would make but sense. But it's, it's great. Like everything, I noticed like in the trailer, like everything is, um, really wonky yeah. so like the car like just like pause on an image here of the car like the bumper is like really uneven and like the end doesn't match up with the other end and it just it gives everything like this really really nice um tactile look it's kind of um 
uh, yeah, it's just it's just cool because you know uh, ever since Toy Story, you heard um, CD CG artists talk about mm. how hard it is to make things look organic and um, in the in the computer. And it seems like that design philosophy is like even in the characters where like their faces aren't even even. It's great. Um, no, I love the look of it. It was, there was like these amazing little details I was noticing in it, like, like the, um, like the really scrappy way that she, the the main character, the main like teenage girl, she her nail varnish is just like really, mm. it's just like, yeah, her, her nail polish is like not yeah. only um, uneven, like yeah. she's got like one white nail, uh, one red nail, and the rest are black, but it's also like peeling. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, no, I, those sorts of details are great because it really makes it feel, uh, the world feel like lived in. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a key thing you always hear, but it's like really felt. It kind of reminds me, if anything, it actually reminds me a lot of um, Paranorman. Oh, cool. Mm, interesting. That, how that felt similarly sort of wonky but tactile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it looks like a good story. Um I think uh, loads of... I mean, I saw a few people, like, say... Oh, oh this is... Movie. <laughs> Sorry? It's Boomer the movie. Oh, look at all kind the Kind of, on yeah. Phone. It's like phones about the movie. And yeah. it's like... It's pretty so, clear from this trailer, if you're watching it properly, that's not what it's going to be. No. Yeah. It's going to be a conversation about that, maybe? Yeah. If anything, it's going to... I mean, my takeaway is it's going to be a story about generations. Yeah. I think and so that, too. That's the thing. And it Which also, I think is important to have a conversation about. Mm-hmm. And isn't it, I just, it's like, I can't believe that Danny McBride is capable of doing such a sort of warm sounding performance. That's like, Danny McBride? Yeah. <laughs> it's mental. I, I've Excellent. never heard him, I've never heard him like do anything other than just Danny McBride basically in various different um He is a bit of chameleon. He's a bit of a chameleon. Has he not done like other um, uh, animation voices before? Has he? I don't know. I could have sworn I I heard him in something. I was like, oh, I think he's been in Bob's Burgers. (laughs) That might be what I'm thinking of. Um, Yeah, I guess that was what I was thinking of. (laughs) Oh, he was in Sausage Party. Uh, and Helen back, Chris. Oh, great! The the um the good movie. The two great <laughs> movies. <laughs> the two, um, I was going to say the two, the two films that have got two stars on AFA, but I I mean one star, but I don't think I've, I don't know that might not be true. <laughs> and there's more than there's also J uh the um. Jay and Silent Bob's groovy movie or whatever. So uh, okay. Well, uh, it looks good. Yeah, yeah. Right. we're hopeful, yeah. right? Yeah, I think Ooh. there's a lot of in a weird sort of way. This is like a kind of um, uh, if if Spider Verse was like a Renaissance uh, opener. Yeah. For uh, for Sony, there's like going to be a lot of interest in this one just because everyone knows it's now the Spider-Verse team. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that it's really exciting that it's being used for something so different because 
mm-hmm. that was that was the worry like oh everyone loves this the spider-verse we're just going <laughs> to use this exactly the same for you know his mm-hmm. an, his uh, spider-verse 2 his they could have easily lazily his, plugged it into yeah yeah something uh, yeah 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 but they they are you know they are evolving the technique for different usage which is very cool so mm-hmm. i yeah this is uh we won't really say when things are due out in the cinemas because who's to say <laughs> Yikes, Chris. End of the year. I think end of the year there might be cinema releases. Mm-hmm. For definite. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, so next one. Next one. Would that be uh, Pixar's uh, film after uh, Onward? Or is, I believe, I believe this is supposed to be after Onward. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Onward's out. June. Uh, it's, well, it's slated for June. Yes. Um, Soul, Soul from Pete Doctor. We've had a teaser mm. trailer, but this is our first full trailer. Although yeah. it's often not that much difference lengthwise to the teaser trailer to double trailer. It's but it kind of reveals a little bit more about yeah, the, yeah. the world and the and it pretty sure it shows like second act stuff. From what I can tell, yeah, it's a lot of stuff that's going to be the focus of the second kind act. Of wish I kind of wish I hadn't seen it in yeah. a few ways. Yeah, it feels like it might have given a little bit too much away, because especially mm-hmm. that last bit at the end, um, at the end of the trailer, I'm like, oh boy, I feel like maybe a big big part of what's the going to be leading from the second actor to the later parts of the movie it was just spoiled for me. I mean, said, that being said, it's a Pete Doctor movie. True. Yeah. And his last couple movies um, have um, had massive surprises in them, True. and I think he's probably wise to to that. And he wouldn't personally want. I mean, he's now creative director at Pixar. He's um, got a lot of say, and yeah. I don't think he would release a trailer that gave away too much. Mm-hmm. I would hope. I would hope. We've we've talked about like the. Um like the introduction to the city and uh, like the, mm. the vision of New York or whatever in the first teaser trailer and how great that was. But, and there's more of that here, but then you get to actually really get more of the, the other world, which we now know from the synopsis is, well, no, from the trailer. In fact, we know about the great before. It's not and the everyone's... afterlife, it's the before life. It's the before life. He's but not. He, he basically escapes from going to the afterlife and into the before life. The great be the great before time or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He goes. He is. Yeah. He. It looks like there's a stairway to heaven, and, or elevator in this case, and he kind of goes, "Nope, I'm not doing this." Not ready. And then, Runs off. Yeah, and then right as you say, he plops into the place he's not meant to go, which I guess is, yeah, before. Yeah, it's so a very, it's, it, I gotta say, I'm still not entirely clear on the concept. From what it seems like, the idea is that he's so desperate to get back, but he's, his, uh, Tina Fey, who's being played, is his uh, co-star, um, as this uh, soul, I believe it's that souls just has a number, tw- yeah. uh, 22, and yeah. um, 
who is not interested in being like a newly created soul who's supposed to uh, develop uh, and then be sent to earth to be born into a new person, uh, but does not want to go and does not understand the, like, why, why is life so great? Why are you, why is, will, why is this willing to be born and die for, you know, why is this willing to put up with all the nasty stuff when everything's so fine here is the idea. So it mm. seems to be an examination of maybe just like, you know, the ups and downs of life, I suppose. I, it's hard to say. It feels like it. I mean, what is the other movie where it's like, yeah, it, life in all of its messiness is preferable to, to not like, I, I feel like I've seen a movie where there's that, that, that I've seen a lot of movies that have dealt with that, not just the one. There's so one in particular I'm thinking down. of where it's like there is a human or a mortal creature talking to a immortal being mm-hmm. about like, don't be so up yourself <laughs> because being mortal is great. Damn, I can't think what it is. Wait, um, was this a live action or was this animated? Hold I on. honestly cannot tell. I, it's like it's that it's that it's as vague in my head as because I do remember again I think I'm zeroing in on a specific movie too where there was this, it was a family of people who for whatever reason were immortal were gifted with immortality mm-hmm. and uh, basically like yeah our life sucks because we're immortal oh do you know what? I think I might be bloody thinking of Watchmen <laughs> I think I'm thinking of Watchmen. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay, that's okay. Now I know what you're talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I'm thinking of Doctor Manhattan. Anyway, I don't, I don't. oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sorry, that was not important at all. Um. Yeah. yeah sorry, so, like the, the the thing about this. Tra- sorry, it's, it's kind of I guess, um, uh, not to be too ex- not to exclude you, Rachel, too much. Okay. It's kind of it reminds me of um Life on Mars. Yeah. Which was a TV show mm-hmm. about awesome. a guy who got into a coma um and it kind of just seems to be a a um manifestation of coma non-consciousness right yeah because i'm getting too confused about the whole thing of like well if he's already been born then how does his soul go to the before and also and also how does this how do the other souls gain personality? Um, because I thought personality was built by experience, not to get too philosophical. Yeah. They, they get it from Richard Ayoade. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I don't find that. Okay. Let's get cool. Sorted. He was, yep. he was I love the abstract look things. of this movie, though. That is really impressive that they've gone that far with it. It's like Vib Ribbon. At the moment, I'm sort of. <laughs> I'm not in love with the um, look of the. It's so, so um, well, so simple and stuff. I'm sort of. Mm. I'm the same way with it, like with Avatar sequels. Mm. Like if James Cameron tells me that I need an Avatar movie, then I'm like, okay, I trust you. You you were right last time, and you were right <laughs> about t- Titanic and. You know, like I trust Pete Doctor. I'm like, like if yeah. you, if you're telling me that you spent five years on this movie as much as you did Inside Out, Up, all your other movies, then um, I might need this movie. 
Uh-huh. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I reckon that it's good. I just, I'm not the, the look of the, um, the uh, other side or whatever. It isn't at the moment. Isn't really grabbing me. Just it looks fair, fair. Especially when I think the, um, the uh, everyday world in this looks so full of life mm-hmm. and so much more interesting. I think than, that might be the. I think that might be part of the uh, film's intention to be perfectly honest but uh that's yes i thought that too actually like there's there is a real um yeah like every every, particularly in this trailer Mm. that became clear that the snapshots of life were meant to be appealing yeah but more appealing than the than the whatever life fantasy world yeah and i'm i i kind of know what you're saying chris like i think it comes down to like loads of the older pixar guys Mm. um have like this absolute head over heels love for upa animation style oh yeah yeah um like 50s like 50s style animation and the 50s and 60s animation is when things um from a design point of view really um, got loosened up by uh, modern art and things like that. And I think, like, movie in which it's felt most is probably 101 Dalmatians. Mm. Um, it, it, I mean, in terms of Disney, but, like, it looks to me like a lot of the artwork um, by, oh, my goodness, people like Lou Romano. And there's this very sort of 50s Americans... Um, abstract cartooning Mm. that the look of the movies um uh what's it called the the great before Mm -hmm, really reminds me of um and yeah i think that might just be part of pete doctor just going that i love how those old ones look and i want a movie that looks like that Mm -hmm. because um in the same way the movie uh the other parts of the movie set in the real world seem to be pretty heavily influenced by Ronald Searle, um, mm. who was um, an illustrator. Um, he did like the Centrinians books uh, and doing, uh, doing a, loads a of others. Coming out based on one of his old other characters or something, isn't it? Um, I think, yeah, Uli Maya is, um, is currently like pitching it. Um, I think it's got like proof of concept. Uh yeah, um, so I, I don't know. That's my thoughts on the movie. I, in a way, I hope the trailer hasn't showed us too much because mm-hmm. I want to. I want to. Man, I really want a Pete Doctor movie because I love him. You've, you, but now, Dan, you've got me excited that it's going to turn out that he he's going to he's uh, at some point he's going to go for a door and he's going to in the seventies and he's going to be doing a cop show and him him and uh, Tina Fey. Oh, no, he's going to meet. It's going to meet Jesus. Yeah. Mate, that show still holds up. I watched it the other day and like I've been thinking about rewatching it. Gene Hunt is such a it's all on iPlayer, but Gene Hunt is such a bastard. But he's so <laughs> he's exactly the kind of bastard who um who still has like principles. So yeah. oh god, it's so sweet. Oh god, I love him. Yeah, no, um <laughs> Soul's good, right? Are we yeah. are we thumbs uh, yeah, up on a, Soul still? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yep. Yeah. And did you notice, Chris, that at the end, um, one of the uh, beings <laughs> is uh, is played by um, what's her name from what Hump the Wilder People? 
Oh, is it um, um, a Rachel, uh, House? Rachel House? Yeah. I did not. No, I'll have to re- watch out for that. Yeah, I recognise her voice straight away. I'm like, oh, great. I was probably still laughing from having heard Richard A. Wedding in a Pixar trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we have, I think we have, how many more trailers have we got? Uh, well, there is Scoob, if we want to talk about that at all. So, yeah. Don't really know what to make of uh, this Scoob. I mean, it looked like it had, like, at the very least, it looked like it had like a nice, like a simple, but okay premise about making you know like oh this is the quote-unquote rebooted origin story of these two characters and the the mystery mystery ink and but now it looks like it's getting very overly complicated let's just like have all these Hanna-Barbera characters in the same movie yeah it's they there's um some characters I didn't even recognize I had to look up uh there there is um Dynamo dog or something, and uh, the blue, the blue falcon. Blue falcon. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know them. <laughs> no, nor did I actually. I, I just thought, is that Space Ghost or is that that is that kind of? It felt like yeah. something from that kind of era to me. It, I think it is. He kind of, yeah, he kind of is. Um, mm. To a degree, I know he's. I remember seeing the character appear every now and again. Like they had their own kind of thing. Like because the the robot dog. Um, he was kind of like the uh, uh, Scooby with gadgets, yeah. And mm-hmm. but he was working off of a more of a um, what was it? a more stoic, like straight man, funny man kind of uh, mm. dynamic was the appeal of that particular. Whenever those cartoons would come on, uh, if I recall, but it, they really I didn't see that much of them. I do remember one relatively funny uh, Dexter Dexter's Lab crossover with those characters. At one point. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I know the the actor that they had playing Blue Falcon was like one of like this, one of the like, oh gosh, why is his name not coming to me? I'm That's really weird because like in the, yeah, because like in the 90s, like Cartoon Network was, they kind of had like the Hanna-Barbera um, like licenses kind of, uh, but they didn't really... Uh, they didn't like treat everything with equal reverence, so that's how you ended up with like Space Ghost, for one. Yeah, like, Space Ghost, Space Coast. Uh, yes, yeah, Dino. No, I, what was the yeah? Sorry, go ahead. No, I think I remember the the one you're talking about actually. Voiced by Gary Owens. I'll make sure I was was who did Gary the voice. Gary Owens. Is that? Hang on. Gary Owens. Why does that ring a bell? So we're talking Scoob now. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it, it seems to be like yeah. And I mean, Dick Dastardly, I saw in this trailer too. Like, yeah, and I know really? he's been yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it does say uh, it's. It uh, doesn't really look like him, but there's a poster and it says Dick Dastardly. What the heck? In really? Yeah. Yep. So we've got the Blue Falcon, Scooby Doo, doing the Mystery Inc., uh, Dynamut, and uh, apparently Stylely Whiplash. I okay. Um, ca- ca- uh, apparently, Captain Caveman's in it as well. Uh, so they're just going, are you serious they're going like, full on on the Hanna Barbera thing which is maybe a bit premature like the HBU yeah <laughs> yeah it's this movie feels like it's going to be very very confusing is this going to be is this going to be a whole bloody um, dark universe situation 
Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. Where, you know, we get a weird Scoob movie that sets up a bunch of things that don't don't happen. (laughs) I really... I I don't know what to say, guys. I mean, it's... I, I will give points where it's through the animation does look nice i do like some of the designs that they're mm-hmm. they're pulling off and you know the character posing looks great the jokes i'm afraid are not really hitting too well um it seems i mean the biggest takeaway for me is it seems very confused about who the audience is uh-huh agreed about whether it's oh there's dick dastardly oh he looks like a creep <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's like, kind of supposed to be. I know, but he looked like a sort of like a sort of Willy Wonka creep. He he looks like an actual um, sleaze bag. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, yeah, like it's it's a weird thing because I mean, it's been well documented on this show before that I am not in touch with Scooby Doo. No, um, that's fine. In any in any regard, <laughs> but even so, I can't figure out if this is aimed at eight year olds or their parents or who. Do you know what I mean? Like it's uh... no, yeah. The, it, I feel like there's a lot of mixed messages on who this is for. Like you feel like they're trying to make an opportunity for, like again, making it like a all ages family film so that the kids will enjoy the animation and the colorful characters, whereas, but, you know, you would think that the adults would appreciate the fact that, like, oh, yeah, these are characters that I grew up with, too, but anything from what I can tell that makes these characters who they are Mm -hmm. isn't hitting. Like, Um, they've been rebooted for the modern era. Okay, so this is why I am uniquely unqualified uh, to even ask this question, but like, what is it that you would want from a Scooby Doo movie? Ah, gosh, because because it's gonna have to be, um, you know, updated a little bit, and it's gonna have to be a little bit different from the current TV series to be. Oh, absolutely, no, yeah. That's that's perfectly fine. I, to be perfectly honest, I kind of fell off because I, I I did watch Scooby-Doo growing up. Um, it wasn't my favorite thing to watch, but I watched it when it was on. Um, I got what I wanted in terms of a film when they actually had the first, its first animated film film, which was, uh, again, not perfect necessarily, but um, it was the idea that they were encountering their first, you know, oh, these are not people in mass. These are actual, like, zombies and scary creatures that have you know cur- you know ancient curses and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. just like okay deal with this now and Scooby-Doo on zombie island was that yeah, yeah yeah and that's basically like okay i i didn't want to watch anything Scooby-Doo related after that i was i accepted that as it was <laughs> right. like i feel like that was the natural like conclusion like okay if i'm going to tell a story with the, a bunch of characters that are all about solving mysteries about spooky creatures that aren't actually spooky creatures. Like, okay, well, how about when you actually find something that's really real? Like, how do you handle that? And then that was it. But yeah, um, it's just kept going. It seems weird to me that they're basically dismissing the whole, oh, it's a guy in a mask thing, just as something that happened when they were kids or whatever. And Uh then 
and it's just like kind of throwing away the whole concept of <laughs> Scooby Doo. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> which is yeah. which is yeah, kind of it was about teaching skepticism. Yeah, ish, ish. <laughs> right. but, um, by all accounts, the uh, recent uh, Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. series is supposed to be pretty good. Most. From what I hear, yes. Mm. So you might want to give that a shot if you want to see what the appeal is. But yeah, Scoob, we don't know at this point. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not holding my breath. In terms of looks, like visually, it looks good. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. All right, but moving on, um, we've got a uh, trailer for a show that is going to be for the uh, Apple's, Apple TV Plus <laughs> streaming service, which... Um, I don't personally know anyone who's got that, but I'm sure some good folks have, have it out there. Um, but there is going to be a, looks like a show that is being uh, headed by the, the good folks over at uh, Bob's Burgers. Well, the, uh, it is the co-creator, Lauren Bouchard, who also co-created Home Movies. Uh, he's co-creating it with Josh Gad, as in Olaf, mm-hmm. and Nora Smith, who is a... Uh, writer, executive producer, and story editor on Bob's Burgers. Um, but if you look at it, it just it looks very similar to Bob's Burgers visually, but mm-hmm. a bit more polished because I guess Apple have loads of money to throw at them. So well, yeah, I guess so. And I've said before about how Bob's Burgers was sort of a mu- came a musical by stealth. They just <laughs> gradually started putting more music in, and then you know eventually there's a musical in every episode and uh, this is a musical comedy from the outset and it's got a whole bunch of people who are known for being involved in musicals like Josh Gad, like Kristen Bell, um, David Diggs who was in um, uh, Hamilton I believe and uh, Titus Burgess who is in um, Kimmy Schmidt and Stanley Mm. Tucci this this has got lots of people. Um, it's got the Bob's Burgers things of uh, men playing women, uh, which uh, is they've got um, Stanley Tucci playing in this old woman who's a bit of a villain, and uh, also David Diggs is playing a, a woman as well. Uh, That's pretty awesome. And yeah, it it this to me it looked pretty fun and. But the thing is, probably no one's going to see it because it's on Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's we're talking about this kind of like briefly. Like it's crazy how how little cultural impact Apple TV Plus, whatever it's called, is really having. Because, um, I mean, I don't even know how to use it. Like, if I subscribe to, do do you only get Apple Original? Um, yeah, shows yeah. to watch. You don't get anything else. Like it's not like Netflix where no, there's like four shows or something. It's ridiculous. They, Who uh, the hell's going to pay for that? Yeah, exactly. Well, they just um, there's there's not that many shows. They release them one episode a week, so there's no like binging. Um, <laughs> so it's like, what if TV was really slow? Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're, uh, they're actually going, ah, oh, but we've got these really big names or whatever. We've got Steven Spielberg and Gamelan yeah. and uh, we've got all these people. And then you're like, yeah, but you've got like three things. If, if I'd, if, I mean, frankly, if I'd 
worked on a um on an apple tv show i would be really annoyed at the marketing because it's i've seen adverts for them but they you know yeah i think it's an issue of people not knowing where to find it because basically if if you've got an apple device uh it's a bit easier but it's if you haven't got an apple device it's if you haven't got Apple TV, it sucks because it's not like um, it's not like Netflix, which is on no, loads you, you of can't, platforms. You can't get an Apple on a PlayStation or whatever. Or no, or no, you can't Chrome. Or... You can't Chromecast uh, anything. Yeah, it's um, it's anyway. Like that aside, I think Central Park looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's why. It, it, like, that's why I we're like saying it's a shame. It. Is it that? It's... Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, I'd actually think this is really going to be funny. Yeah, um, there, you know, some great gags in it, and uh, there's the um, sort of main young girls sort of got the bit of the sort of culture children spirit in her. Mm-hmm. With um, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, um, it's kind of going to be like one of those weird cases of like. Like kind of like when Futurama came out, you're like, okay, how is that going to translate to this? Mm. How is that sensibility going to translate to another show? And you're going to realize, oh, like this is, this wasn't just Bob's Burgers. This was like the creative team. This was mm. like their, um, this is their sensibilities. Mm. Uh, yeah, which I I like, and I I kind of like how it looks like it's going to be. Um, can't quite tell, but it looks like it's going to be a continuous story. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's going to be very much um, that, right? That's what it seems to me, yeah. Like an ongoing story of uh, the Stanley Tucci's old woman character wanting to uproot Central Park and basically say, oh, let's just build stuff over it. But it's like, oh no, we love Central Park, but it's still kind of a mm-hmm. shithole. <laughs> I think if I remember rightly, they ordered, they commissioned 20 episodes. So it might be possibly, it might be like a, um, it might just be like a one, in, it might be done in two seasons or whatever, but it might be like yeah. a, a complete story. Yeah. Like it's, it seems like yeah. they are, that they're setting out with this with a oh, goal. Two, two 13 episode seasons they've ordered. Yeah. So it looks like they've already have like, they, whatever they're planning to do, they've got it planned out already. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's going to lend itself well to... I mean, the format seems great, though. I love the idea of a story being told in music because I love musical theatre. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be great to see that told over a long... Like, to see those um, those mechanics work with a longer-form story. Because mm-hmm. there's, they've kind of been, you know, like um, Crazy Ex Girlfriend was one show which kind of had songs in it, um, uh, and kind of, you know, uh, they kind of pushed the story along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how it works with with this with this one. For sure. Well, we'll I will have to see if. Mm-hmm. 
will have a chance to get access to watch it. But if that's only if uh, Apple TV steps up their game. Well, I think I saw like this week that Apple was like literally, if you buy a new Apple device now, you get a year's worth of Apple yeah, TV. Yeah, they've, yeah, they've, they've done that from the, from it when it launches, I think. Oh, okay, mm. which is probably mainly the whole thing behind it is to sell apple devices because that's their bread and butter Fair <laughs> enough. Um, when it comes to this as well i reckon that i wouldn't be surprised if they had because i think they had like the first episode for free on um a f- couple of their other shows right yeah i think they might do an episode i wouldn't be surprised if they did that yeah and you could watch it on your phone or something and then realize oh I'm going to give them $10 a month to however <laughs> much it is. <clears throat> well, I don't know why anyone wouldn't just wait until a whole series is finished and then... <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think they'd, uh, apparently they're doing that with The Mandalorian on Disney Disney Plus in the UK when it yep, launches. Annoying. Well, they are. Yeah. Which is crazy because you know, like <laughs> as it is, I'm already having to tell people to shut up. Because <laughs> um, I don't want to hear spoilers. And thank you, Rachel Odier, by the way, for um, for tactically talking around the Mandalorian. Absolutely. I don't know anything well, I, about I, I, all I have to tell you is he was involved in. It. I don't have to tell you what specific character he's playing. You'll find no. out later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we've we've done our trailers talk and we've yeah. done our news catch up. Yeah. Does that mean that we're now headed to the water cooler? I do blah, believe blah, blah. so. <laughs> blah blah blah. But bu- bubble noises. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah the sound so, effect we play it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were a few things like we realized before recording this that there were a couple th- uh, items of discussion that we were thinking we were planning on talking about that multiple a few of us have already seen. So we're gonna. Um, maybe try to have those at the end to have those be our longer discussion pieces. But um, one film that's currently in theaters, Dan, I do believe you said um, before we started recording that you had a chance to see and you had an opportunity to talk about trying to be uh, light on spoilers, and that was uh, Pixar's Onward. Mm-hmm. So did you want to share your thoughts on that to our listeners? Did I want to share my thoughts on Onward? Oh, sorry. Uh, did I want to share my thoughts on Onward? Yeah. <laughs> um, I like a Pixar as much as the next guy. I mm-hmm. I like Pixar. I do. I'm and the next guy. Kind of, I like it. <laughs> and I've kind of well, there you go. And I've kind of been, you know, on board with pretty much. Every, well, you know, but, but we don't have to go into it. But I mm-hmm. I like a Pixar. Um, so this movie is the second movie by directed by Dan Scanlon. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, produced by the same producer as well, actually, um, Corey Ray. Um, they both did uh, Monsters University back in right, yes, twenty thirteen, I think. And um, I liked Monsters University. Me I thought too. it was a f- of all of the non um, starting lineup Pixar directors. I think that. Um, that then went into directing. I think that um, it showed a lot of promise for Dan Scanlon it to did. me. Um, it was a fun movie that had a lot of heart and um, an interesting message too. Like I was it, exactly. That's and the thing I took away. I, I think I always keep going back to that movie. Aside from just 
the creativity of the monsters world in general um, mm-hmm. that it that it put on display. It was uh, not a message that you get to see very often in a at least in a film targeted to toward families or particularly kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, in that regard, this movie has a very similar voice. Um, whereby it is in love with the concept and it and it kind of um it does a great job of getting you into that world which is like not as um it's very strange because you never really get the um the the enveloping sense of wonder Mm. that you get from every other world in pixar it's not like um you know the first first figuring out what they're doing with Toy Story or even like Monsters Inc. as you were saying. Um, or Finding Nemo. It doesn't have that same kind of like warmth. It's very kind of um um functional, but it's funny. It's it's a funny movie and there are loads of laughs and the characters are great. I love mm-hmm. the characters. Um and it's very honest. Uh, it's kind of it, it. It kind of uh, the movie itself does a better job of setting up exactly what is going on in the world mm-hmm. um, compared to the trailers. Okay, cool. Which always kind of seem to confuse people. You know, the sort of like it's kind of modern day suburban America, but there are some things with the wings around, and there's ma- magic, but there isn't magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a better job of setting that up. Um, okay which I'm not really going to spoil too much because it's, it's, uh, it's got a load of great surprises in the movie okay, that are good. really worth... Um, yeah, that, that, the trailer didn't really show very much of at all. Um, what else to say about the movie? I'm trying to like talk around it. The yeah, central... so characters are good. World is really, really well mm-hmm. built around. Okay. The central idea about um, you know, the gag being that the spell doesn't work and they only um they only bring back the bottom half of their dad. Mm-hmm. Um always feels very weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would build imagine, yes. Um but it's always kind of I I they pull it off, I think. Really? That's that's that was the probably going to be the trickiest aspect of it because I just I saw that and it was creative but I wasn't sure how they'd pull it off. There's never a moment for me in which the film feels um, uh, creepy and it never, um, I, I let's put it this way, it never had the Cars problem for me. Okay. You know, where you're like, hang on a second, like in Cars 2 when Eddie Azard's character explains about where oil comes from and oil oh, comes God. from the decomposed... Um, bodies of like dinosaurs and things you you might only makes you ask more questions your mind starts going right and yeah and onward doesn't have that problem okay thank god because i know we've had that discussion many times before on this podcast and it was i'm glad that it doesn't go down that rabbit hole yeah um i've seen people say that this is you know that they put it next to the good dinosaur is like being their least favorite pixar um far from it i like it a lot more than that movie. I like it a lot more than um, all the Cars movies I've seen, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, it's a good one. Um, 
And uh, I mean, the only spoiler I'm willing to say is that I mean, me and my friends were a wreck by the time the 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 lights came up. Um, yeah, so I, I recommend it completely. All right, and I also awesome. recommend for that for that matter, like going back and give giving Monsters University another chance because I Absolutely. think. That was really unfairly overlooked, and it's I a agree. damn I, I, good movie. I wholeheartedly agree. I am going to also voice that. To I say, mean, yeah, that, that movie that's probably so so bloody good. Yeah, I mean, I Hard think mostly, no, uh, that's fine. I mean, I think I mean my dad's really counting bloody as a swear word now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I've been watching like some Pixar movies recently, re-watching them, I should say. Uh-huh. Once this university stands up, like it's better like Finding Dory, even for me. I, I um, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah, Armored is good. Character designs alone go, for me. Go and see Armored. Oh, and the whole stupid character design bait. I mean, like, like it's it's fair to say and hold Disney to account for the really, really token LGBT um, representation in their films. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe as a culture, we can't keep expecting that from Disney. Mm-hmm. As bad as it is that they are in every household now, more than mm-hmm. ever. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's going to always be little piddly um, things that can be um, edited uh, without too disastrous an effect for international audiences. Yeah. There are lots of companies which are prevailingly less liberal majorities, um, particularly in their media output. And I think that's something that is, uh, you know, a shame, but I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Agreed. It's, it's a, yeah. It's shit. Definitely. <laughs> But, Took the um, words right out of my mouth. Yeah. But yeah, okay, onward. That's a two two thumbs way up for that one. Very good. Um, definitely will be eager to have a chance to go out and see that when the opportunity comes around again. Um, but I think in the meantime, we think we have uh, two other, like I said, there were two other uh, items of discussion that uh, we actually, some of us, uh, not all three of us, unfortunately, but... Uh, two films uh, that were both on Netflix, uh, for Netflix reasons, relatively recently. Um, I think we might want to do the ones, uh, Chris, uh, there was one that you uh, did a review on recently. It was uh, based on the classic JRPG uh, from Square Enix, Dragon Quest. And this is called, uh, this is one Mm -hmm. of the films that we were talking about in uh, yeah, I think it was like films that were in development that we were interested to see where it would uh, where it mm-hmm. would go, and um, yeah, the Dragon Quest Your Story uh, film. Uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's I let's talk have, about it. <laughs> I have never played a Dragon Quest game in my life. I <laughs> I have I've said I think probably on our um, gaming episodes uh, that JRP JRPGs aren't really my thing maybe mm-hmm. with the exception of like zelda and mm-hmm. the occasional other one because i'm not into turn-based combat or whatever and the mm-hmm. and menus and stuff um but i've always liked the uh 
the character designs of Dragon Ball of Dragon Quest because it was um, Akira Toriyama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is not those character designs. They've done a different character design. But yes. I thought they looked really good. Uh, they were very expressive. Like I, yeah. I was able to forgive it to a degree because um, the expressiveness of the characters really still kind of caught that Akira Toriyama energy that his characters have. So I was yeah. able to forgive it in a certain extent. Yeah, the animation uh, is really high quality and the character designs I, I really liked apart from the fact that and when you see it, you can't unsee it. Everyone's got really, really big hands. <laughs> really big. Is this a big hand movie, Chris? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, do you remember how much I loved the big hands in um, in this corner of the world? No. <laughs> in this corner of the world, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I went off about the hands. I love. I, I love a big that. hand. I remember that. Yes. I love a big well, hand. Because, well, because and again, it just ties to the expressiveness of the characters. Like the the most part, you're the most expressive part of a person that you'll see in an animation is most likely going to be their faces and their arms and hands. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 tells a lot about how a person's like feeling in a particular moment of a. If you're talking about telling a story visually, and I guess for design purposes, they wanted to make sure the hands were big enough so that they could be as expressive as the faces? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the reason is, but it's really distracting when you notice it. So I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just so anyone else experiences it the same way I did. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, this uh, particular filmmaker, uh, who he is also, he made the uh, 3D CG uh, Dory Arman movie a few years ago called Stand mm. By Me, Dory Arman, which hasn't come out in English, I don't think, but you might have seen clips of and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's done, he's also made that awesome looking Loop in the Third movie. Yes. Um, this guy knows how, he's a Japanese director who makes really good looking CG films. And mm-hmm. these, what's great about the look of Dragon Quest uh, is that it sort of captures the look of anime but when most Japanese when most like uh, film things try and do an anime that they sort of also try and imitate the the animation stop uh, the speed and stuff like they have Mm. frames or everything and the two things just don't mesh really Um, Mm -hmm. but in Dragon Quest they've got the anime they've managed to capture the anime look but just in you know more traditional cg uh with smoother animation and it looks it looks really great mm-hmm. and they've created a really really well done like fantasy world with all the um uh all the monsters and stuff um mm-hmm. yeah the, the monsters particularly uh stick to the traditional design like the slimes are like you it would be a criminal act to change that. Yeah, and I, I know that the slimes are a bit of an icon, and they they are they are like the mascots of Dragon Quest, basically. Mm. And basically, those are all the nice things I've got to say about this film. Uh huh. I was wondering if that was going to be. I remember I read the review. Like, oh, I wonder what Chris <laughs> thought about this movie. Like, oh yeah, there it is. But yeah, it's 
I would not recommend this film to anyone who's not a diehard fan of, of Dragon Quest because it is, I mean, I think it, unless you are, you're not going to be able to forgive, like, you'll, even then you'll be hard pressed to forgive some of the very interesting twists that this movie tries to uh, do. And um, I can't say that it's very good. I still had fun with it. I still, I like the one point, um, which I'm referring to like the climax of the film. I'm not, I, I kind of don't want to talk about it because I, I, or should, should I? Cause I'm wondering. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Should we, should we go? I there? can't remember. I can't remember who it was. I was speaking to about this movie. I haven't seen it by the way. Yeah. Um, Mate, can I offer Rachel? Because I asked someone to explain to me mm-hmm. why they didn't like this movie, and I, okay. I'm afraid that if it was either of you two, I cannot remember who it was. No, it okay. wasn't me. They said that it got meta. Yeah, it got extremely meta. And I, I think that might be a, um, a spoilerish, but not too spoilerish way of explaining, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it people's problems with the movie. Basically, the idea it builds this whole story which, you know, again, in the title of, which is supposed to be, it's not a direct adaptation, but it's pretty much uh, like a lot of the characters that you see in the story are present in the uh, the fifth um, Dragon Quest game, which is, uh, let me make sure I've got the right name here, Dragon Quest V, um, The Hand of the Heavenly Bride. Um, okay. That was like a SNES game? Like, way it back? was, yeah. yes. And I will give the movie its due credit. I liked how it opened with actually showing like some yeah. of the story events in game form, which was like, yeah. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. Like nice, nice homage there. Um, and <laughs> you see the, 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 the story progress and you're, you again, building this, this world that, you know, that's supposed to you know, reference the, this, the characters and stuff that you see in the game, um, which is all well and good. But then at a certain point in the finale, and even, you even see some stuff kind of building up to it a few times, at least one other time I can think of, um, where it starts to make you question like, okay, are they making a joke? The fact that this is based off a video game. And then it just kind of really just bucks. Like, oh, guess what? Yeah, we're really reading into that whole, that whole idea right there. But we're doing it in the, the last, like the, the final 10 minutes or less of the film and it just really kind of hmm. throws the entire world building it was doing to the wind and it's just like oh that that's kind of sad but I, I can't tell you when that happened I was laughing hmm. my ass off well let me let me just say Dan I will compare the end of it to the Lego movie shall okay. I compare the end of the to the Lego, Lego movie yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, awesome. no, I've I've heard that. Too. Yeah, I heard that pretty much too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I had my, you know, I I was already not on board with the film when that happened because it just it had lost me in many ways. But the um, mm. oh, this is got, interesting. It's got a really strange structure. It's it does. It's very. It's if in terms of movies pacing, it's slow. It's pretty and, slow. And it because it like starts off with him as a kid. And then he grows up, and then, and then he, he gets married, and then he has a kid. Then he has a kid, and then. I mean, are there are there many Dragon Quest anime series? No, there is. Not so that I'm this familiar is of. There, so, there is. There is at least one or two. 
but most right of them there's like a really old one yeah like but, from way back yeah, yeah it, I, they don't if there is they don't really leave the because this uh, is a really old series mm. yeah i remember i remember reading like um in like one of the early volumes of Naruto, Masashi Kishimoto talking about like playing Dragon Quest as a tiny child himself mm-hmm. um, on on the fam- on the snares on, on no on the on the nets. Yeah, that's when it would have started at yeah. least um, earlier. So it's really old thing, but I mean, I don't. I wonder if in a little bit is, is like um, the trouble that comes from a, trying to adapt a video game. To well, yeah. a, to to a film narrative, which is like, there are just like inherently unappealing things. Well, I'm surprised um, that they decided. I'm in, sorry, I didn't mean to. In, a, in a movie, no, that's right. No, I'm I'm always done, but like you know, the, there are sort of things that in video games are very appealing that would just be boring as a bag of um, nothing um, mm-hmm. to depict. You know, like I think Zelda's always a really good one where it's like, look. A Zelda movie would be boring um, because it would just be a lot of following someone around mm-hmm. as they cooked and jumped and hit things. <laughs> yeah. But like that's for those exact reasons are why the game is exciting to play. Is there a little bit of that going on? Do you think where they, there's like such reverence it has um, for the game that it cannot figure out how to make the fans happy and also, you know. Like, because the fans will be really angry if they don't see this. I think that might be very much part of the problem, for Mm -hmm. sure. Because, I mean, I know that people know about Dragon Quest here in the, you know, in the U.S. and in the West. But Dragon Quest is such a big deal in Japan. Like, it's like the fact, I've looked when, Mm -hmm. I I mean, not that this is anything to really base off a reaction, but I remember when... um, for the Super Smash Brothers, when they announced that they were going to have the one of the main the main hero protagonist be like one of the characters that you could play as in Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. fans in Japan freaked out because this was a huge. They were so happy to see this character get you know this franchise get acknowledgement. I, uh, I think it was Dragon Quest that it was the spur that they changed the release date of, mm. of Japanese games because um, so that it was at a weekend because so mm-hmm. many people like skipped school or Yeah, it's a huge work. deal. <laughs> it's a huge, huge deal. It's, it's so big. It's like, it's like much bigger than Final Fantasy over there, I think. Oh yeah, it? yeah. Like, well, yeah. Final Fantasy is huge here. Like, because yeah. they're both, they're both yeah. Square Enix properties. We love Final Fantasy over here in the States. Dragon Quest is huge in Japan. Um, though personally, I love the charm that the Dragon Quest games have. Um, and I will say in, in terms of like, in terms of like we were talking about the, the pacing in terms of how, you know, you see the main character star as a kid go through adulthood life that has a family that is, again, that's something that was, that took place in the games and they were attempting to, that's something they were attempting to adapt. That wasn't, uh, um, that wasn't something that the movie just thought they would try and do. That was actually part of the the game's plot. But there are other Dragon Quest games, I think, that would lend itself cinematically be a lot better to translate. Like, there's... Because every Dragon Quest game is different. Like, much like Final Fantasy is, in a way. Like, there's different fantasy worlds that have roughly the same monsters, uh, definitely more of a European uh, kind of uh, look to it. 
like um, classic European, like castles, etc. cetera, uh, fantasy. But um, it's always a good versus evil story. Um, but yeah, it's, I really think that they could have probably could have afforded to, I think it was a lot of nostalgia must have been a huge driving factor in the fact that they chose this particular story of this particular game compared to some of the others. Mm-hmm. Which, given the movie's ending, I definitely think it like more of that now than I did before. Right. So I guess moving on, talking yeah. again about another thing that was pretty much produced with nostalgia in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another. Uh, there was another Japanese CG. Mm-hmm. Um, movie that was released kind of mainly to the to the, to the world on Netflix mm-hmm. recently. Yep. Um, I think Rachel, you saw this, and Chris, you haven't. I have. Yes. Uh, we're talking about um, Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution, Evolution, which is which is like a a really. I was fascinated by this because this rarely <laughs> happens. <laughs> with the exception of the Lion King, mm-hmm. a almost shot-for-shot remake mm-hmm. of an old animated film remade entirely in CG. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, kind of better known as Pokemon the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This this was basically Pokemon the first movie in in CG form. Um, with the exception of Pikachu's vacation, which yep. I would have loved to have seen in CG, mainly <laughs> mainly because most of the time watching this film, I was just astonished at how good the water effects looked. Yeah, I was watching it with a friend, and I was like, "Hang on, the water looks so good. You're joking." <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, to be honest, like I watched this kind of passively. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on, and I watched the whole thing. Um, I watched Pokemon the first movie a bum load as a kid. Like I, I was, yeah, um, I was nine years old when it first came out, like a perfect age mm-hmm. for the Pokemon movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched this film a lot, and I'm very familiar with it. So it was very weird to like watch it um and like keep on thinking like oh here comes that bit and how are they going to do that bit again Mm -hmm, um -hmm. i mean that was happening throughout most of the movie right i think that's exactly how i watched the movie too because it's it's because the first movie is so ingrained in my brain like i'm actually (laughs) the the part that makes watching this interesting for me and like i i swear to god the first time I put this on I was literally like skipping scenes to get to like to to, like find something that looked different like I'm only interested in the parts that they decided to change or like too differently but then I realized after watching specific scenes I'm like wait a minute they really kind of did something different here and then I'm like it, it again like you said shot for shot it's mostly the same thing but there are some there are some changes that they made that I did really, I surprisingly appreciate. Okay, which, uh, which, because I mean, like my my uh, my reaction to it was mainly aesthetic. I mean, what changes did you appreciate? Um, I appreciate I appreciate what they did to uh, 
with the um, the dub, particularly the dub script of the film, because obviously when the film came out in when it did and originally like back in the nineteen like late nineteen nineties, mm-hmm. um, they had to make some interesting changes to the script, like you know the whole Pokemon are meant to fight not like this. Um, was the whole like again like oh kids and violence violence is bad don't don't get into violence even though the whole crux of Pokemon is that you're fighting yeah exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. so they really did some ham fisted like throwing that into the climax of the film when a lot of it leading up to that point was again like because this the first movie dared to really kind of do a bit more of a philosophy, uh, like not, I would say like dabbled in a little philosophy in terms of life, death, you know? Right. Well, I mean, it's my understanding as well that like what we received in Pokemon, the first movie was like an edited version of Mm -hmm. the Mewtwo Strikes Back feature, which had like a whole subplot with a, with a girl, I think. Yes. No. And and they still cut that out in this. And I'm like, man, that's, shitty because i really loved that it was it was mewtwo's but that was, but, but was that in was that in the japanese version of so from what mewtwo I strikes back evolution i don't think it was I yeah that's was interesting cut. that's interesting anyway so like i mean <laughs> the main thing about this that i was watching it i was like it kind of made me realize just how weird <laughs> a move so like okay it's very hard to explain. It's like Woodstock. It's really hard to explain to people now how who weren't alive then how big Pokemon was. Oh God! Yeah. As a global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was huge. It was like I guess the only I can't even think of anything that's comparable today because it was oh, every it was on um... every. Anyway, so it was it was huge. The Beatles? And it's so, no, that's not that. I can't. No, that's that. That's no. I I don't know why I said that. It's kind of crazy to me, basically, to like realize that as a kid, this was like so. Uh, yeah, like one thing is like Pokemon was like huge, and yet for the first film they did, knowing that this was kind of going to be a globally watched thing at this point. And you know the the TV show was on, and there were games, and the toys, next generation cards. was coming out. Toys everywhere, yeah. The cards. They made this movie about what it means to be born and not want to be born, mm-hmm. and to be artificially created based on, for all intents and purposes, a superior a superior being, <laughs> and it's just like. It's, I mean, I kind of like had to applaud like, you know, those, those screenwriters and, and producers and directors who were like, yeah, let's give this story to kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I realized at the time as a kid, um, just how unorthodox that was. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we appreciate it for sure. I mean, think about how many times we've watched that movie because those, to a degree, I, I think we really, we could understand that we were kind of getting something that we didn't typically get and we wanted to see more of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that was mainly, I mean, because I hadn't seen Mewtwo Strikes Back for years and Mm -hmm. that was, watching this version, I was like, I was just thinking about that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I understand completely. (laughs) The film's like way more cartoony in many places. than. Oh, yeah, especially with Team Rocket. Than Um, the original movie, yeah. Yeah, 
and Brock. Like B- oh Brock's Brock's expressions are really, really pushed in a way that I don't think this design was ever intended to be. No. Um, but it's kind of weird. I mean, like as look as a as an exercise, mm-hmm. you know, like for something if you're doing other things and you're familiar with Pokemon the first movie, then I'm, yeah, I'm, I recommend watching it. Yeah. Um, because it's just a weird thing to see, like a shot for shot remake, and I I kind of enjoyed it whilst it was on. Um, yeah. It's not anything really too special though. No, it isn't. But I will I will give credit where it's due. I could tell that um, the dub, whoever was in charge of the dub script, um, because I know the reg, they basically in the Japanese version, it's basically the same exact script. But with the mm-hmm. English, uh, they actually tried. They didn't just copy and paste the original English voices over. Uh-huh. Um, well, obviously that would have been difficult to do that at this point, um, given the fact that different, you know, there's different cast now does it for Pokemon as opposed to what it was then. But at the same time, they actually made an effort to you to make fixes to the script where they could and try to uh-huh. fit, uh, go more on the lines of what the Japanese script was. I think there's a lot more um, nowadays um, on both sides of, in terms of fans and from translators, mm-hmm. this expectation to adapt something and not change it too much. Like, I mean, Pokemon, the first movie came out like a year before the Digimon movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, you know, when when translators were having lots of fun with, you know, like adding gags all over the place and puns and rewriting things and trying to shoehorn in, you know, their own jokes and not take the original script too seriously. And shoehorn in pop music that of uh, the decade that may or may not fit with the scenario. <laughs> Uh, no, but it, that was like, that they was... have to do that to sell <laughs> soundtrack. I mean, I bought the freaking soundtrack of this movie. No, I, I did too. And I, and I, I, I can't tell the... you why half the songs are on that soundtrack. No, but I, we'll get to, we'll get to some interesting points. I've thought about that later, but finish your thought, please. No, I'm, I'm pretty much done thinking about this. I just thought it was interesting because again, looking at the differences between the original and, and this one, mm-hmm. um, at least just without some of those songs in, how much, or some of like certain like changes with the music, how much more of the sound design that, that they had added in for that. Like one of my personal, like something that didn't strike me, mm-hmm. but it had- I know uh, exactly what you're going to talk about. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Pikachu. At the end, you know, the end when Ash looks like he gets killed, and you know mm-hmm. the, that the climax of that particular scene where Pikachu's realizing that you know he's dead, and you just have like there's normally like that in the original movie. I remember hearing more of a music come in, but in the background of this movie, you just hear Pikachu wailing and sobbing, and I'm like, oh my god, my heart is breaking, and I don't know why. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Holy you, shit. You're talking about the, the, the song Brother, my brother I mean that too, but that's, that's absent <laughs> uh, Which yeah. I have kind of appreciated I sung, I sung it I sung it to myself cause I, Me too, I, I mean too to I, like, I, I, I have a soft spot for that song And that soundtrack, but I'm like I'm kind of glad it's not here right now 
Yeah. Because <laughs> it kind of sells the more drama of this, but then later on, like, I remember, like, that that point in the movie, like, there was, I, there was, I just, like, I, the fact that someone's like, oh, let's, let's, let's make Pikachu, like, sob its eyes out, and you, you're not focusing on it, you're seeing all the other Pokemon, too, but I'm like, I can hear Pikachu, like, wailing in the background, <laughs> it's, it's breaking my it's heart, make it stop. It's upsetting. Um, yes. I guess, like, the, the thing that I'm thinking, uh, just to mm-hmm. finish this thought off. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> is I hope that this means that Netflix is picking up the Lupin movie. I oh, yes. So I thought right. that. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's been thinking that because there's no way that it has a big enough audience for a theatrical release, I don't think. I can't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I need to watch it. Although I'm a bit worried now, having seen... Oh, after having seen your Dragon Quest. Yeah. Oh. What are you worried about watching, Chris? Lupin. No, He's worried about watching Lupin oh, because I of Dragon see. Quest. Yeah. Um, I don't but, know. But that trailer looks awesome. It looks so amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I've I've pretty much exhausted myself on that, so... <laughs> I have nothing left. I don't have any, too much else to add to uh, to our water cooler this week, other than um, I am keeping up to date with uh, My Hero Academia season four, which continues to be my favorite shown in anything ever. Um, what else? Uh, I know Castlevania season three is out, and I have started watching it. I will try and finish it um, and see how that is that series is continuing on netflix uh, apparently a lot of people are still enjoying it so it's apparently it's doing something right um but yeah i've i've got nothing else unless you guys want to chime in with anything on any last minute things i think chris has something yes i want to eat your pancreas <laughs> <laughs> that is such a title it is such a title can can I spoil this movie? Sure. <laughs> does it do it? Does it do it itself, or are you? Well, is that what you're saying? <laughs> this this film is this film is one of those one of those sort of teenage tragedy movies with a a, okay. um, a boy becoming best coming close friends with a girl who is dying. So. Let me just say, spoilers. Mm-hmm. There's, okay. There's, there's, there's pretty much only sort of two ways it can go. <laughs> okay. And there's like, a movie. It's an anime yeah. movie. It's an anime movie, and it looks really pretty. It's really beautifully made. It's, it's based um, on a live action movie, right? No, it's based on a novel. Oh, but there, there was a live there was action a movie. live action movie and. Right. Possibly a TV series, maybe not. Um, okay. Yeah, but it's um, it's basically there's this boy and he's not really friends and he's uh, a bit of a loner and but he he says oh it's 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 not worth making friends with people. Other people suck. I like books. Books are better. And then he um, he uh, accident he runs into this girl and he finds her her diary basically and he picks it up and reads it um oh, so he's a creep and, yeah kind <laughs> of yeah and it basically says 
I can't remember the exact thing, but it says, oh, I'm dying. I've got a pancreas disease. And then, oh, no. And then uh, she comes up and um, uh, she goes, oh, you found it. You've got my secret. Nobody else knows. Let's be friends. <laughs> it's kind of, what? Okay. Uh-huh. That's kind of the setup, which is, it sounds a bit weird. It, it, it is weird. Let, uh-huh. it, yeah, it's weird. But it, it's, it's kind of enjoyable for most of the part. Um, she's, she's she's like one of these quirky. Uh, she's sort of a bit of a manic pixie anime. Pixie girl, dream, yeah. But she's she's also she's not like in the screechy high pitched version. You know, she's not going. Oh, uh-huh. there's not. You know, it's quite. But know, she's sick, and only it's quite love under, can heal her. It's quite understated and everything. You know, it's not like oh, I accidentally touched your boobs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it is basically a platonic love story basically mm. um there's a few bits where she goes oh have you got a boy have you got a girlfriend and he's not he's like i don't want to talk about that um and um there's one bit where she sort of comes on to him and then says ah it's a joke and then he oh it's a good then, joke yeah, yeah. Good joke. and then she then he basically just pins her down for a minute which is and it's kind of like at that point you should stop being friends with him because he's bad. But yeah, uh, that's the time where you call the police. But it carries on anyway, and she's like, oh, "I'm really sorry, it's my fault." And at that uh, point, uh-huh. it's oh, like, oh, screw you. But it is her um, fault though. Yeah. yeah. But, right. Okay. Yeah, but she she's the he, she's the only one who know he's the only one who knows about her thing, and that's kind of the reason for their friendship. But gradually, uh-huh. he, he starts, you know, he starts to realise, oh, maybe it's nice to have friends. And I shouldn't just push everyone away because I'm a bit of a creep. And, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's got all these issues with it. And, um, oh, and do you want to know where the title comes from? <laughs> it's very random. Um, it's okay. basically there's a conversation where she says, you know, in old cultures, you know, I, they might say specific culture, but I can't remember. It's a few weeks ago I watched it. Mm-hmm. They used to think that to cure something, cures a part of the body, you could eat the part of the body like an animal. Like you, if you've got a brain, okay. eat a brain or whatever. So she's, so huh. she's like, I want to eat your pancreas. And then as, yeah, then it will cure my pancreas or whatever. Okay. So it's like uh-huh. a bit of a joke, and it means that you get the it's great bit, you get the best bit in every movie where they say the title of the movie, like yes. like it's time to go back to the future, or and then truly we knew that we were Fast and the Furious Tokyo mm-hmm. or whatever, <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's it's weird, it's but it's it's kind of pleasant most of the time, and uh, except when I, it's not, yeah. And there's kind of some issues, but it's beautifully made. And there's really, um, there's, she's called Sakura, which means cherry blossom. And uh-huh. um, there's beautiful, beautiful shots that are really, that have got loads of cherry blossom in and they're really pink and beautifully shot and everything. And another thing about the movie is you don't know his name. <laughs> like huh? until the end where it's supposed oh, to Oh, he's called me. He's yeah. Called, it's something significant but anyway the thing i'm going to spoil is that um 
she's got this pancreas disease, but she just gets randomly murdered. Uh, because, what? Because they set up randomly late, later in, earlier in the film, uh, just a, there's a random off, you know, they're just off the cuff. Oh, there's been some murders in the area. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> people. Oh, my God. There's and been then, some murders. And then... <laughs> And then she just gets murdered, and then that's it. And it's like, well, we didn't, we didn't really want to do the whole thing where she's dying slowly and she stops being so pretty or whatever. Let's get over it. You know what's crazy is the Wikipedia doesn't have a synopsis. Oh, my God. Probably hiding that. Yeah. Okay, so she's murdered, and then what happens? He goes, oh, in her memory, uh, I'm going to... I'm really sad. Oh, but now I'm going to start being friends with your friends. Okay. Because okay. I've discovered that um... there is joy in life, and I read... Your thing that and you it left takes me. a girl being murdered for him to feel like, oh, correct. Yeah, wow. so it's a bit of, you know, like, oh, let's fridge the main character. Uh, so I can see lots of problems with it, but it's apparently it's it's been really popular and it's like it's apparently it got like an audience award at Scotland Loves Anime or something, so people must like it. But uh-huh. yeah, it's obviously got some, some big issues with it. Yeah. <laughs> Also, also, I did watch The Lion King, The New Lion King. Did you? I started watching it and I couldn't quite manage. Oh, wow. Well, well, plot twist. I didn't hate it. Hey! Good. Nice. I was surprised, actually. Um, obviously, it's, it's incredible on a technical level. I and was, I, 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 I cannot lie and say that did blow me away. Yeah. It is incredible. Um, and um but I don't I don't think it is shot for shot most of the it's the, it's, it's not and it's it, not even um the same script at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically it they try and get like all the iconic moments basically and I feel that most of them land, not all of them. I think they mm-hmm. they, they do the um the uh they do um, the obviously circle of life. Um, I think the it's mainly the songs, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the iconic moments. Um, the cast is pretty awesome, uh, and uh, Timon and Pumbaa are great. Um, yeah, apart, Timon and Pumbaa were my favorite parts of the. the apart new movie. from the fact that um, Seth Rogen cannot sing at all, and it is no. painful. Um, no. But they were they were pretty great, and the um, the. The line sleeps tonight bit, expanded bit. That's great. And there's a, there's a, I think there's a bit more in in motion. There's actually a bit more character to the. There's a bit more sort of, bit more leeway to the faces or whatever than people have, like looked in photos and go look. There's no emotion or whatever. I think there's. I think a lot of people just saw a trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's there's a bit more to. I think there's. Like there's definitely some bits with with Timon's face where it's like yeah that's a bit tiny mm-hmm. bit cartoonified or whatever like where he's uh-huh. in shock. See, I still him. can I still stand by um, largely the Jungle Book, and back when that happened, I spoke about how for me it almost turned into like a kind of like a weird sort of biblical. Um, play where the voice was detached 
from the animal, but that was kind of the point. And the voices were coming from a mm. much deeper inside their souls. Um, and it kind of, it, it, when the film works, I get into that sort of trance state with it. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe I should, you've, you've talked me into trying, trying it again, Chris, because I, I put it on a bit too late and it was only yeah. on Sky, so I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't paying for it. So I was just, you know, not taking it too seriously, just trying to dip in. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's kind of hilarious that I've been the one who have been like naysaying it from day go from the word go. Like, I don't want this. I don't want this. It's mm-hmm. not a terrible idea. I hated the Jungle Book. I don't want this. But turns out, I I did not. Ha- I quite well, good on you for being open to it. Yeah, and also, John Favreau is a good filmmaker. He he knows how to frame a shot and everything. He so, knows, yeah, he does. Yeah, he knows how to put things together. Basically, like, the the things that they, like, some of the choices they made, like, as alternatives to things and, you know, where they've had to, they've had to go, well, that's not going to work in this style. Some of the choices they've made, I think, are quite effective to change. Um, but, yeah, most, most of it sort of worked. The, obviously, the, um, the, can you feel the love tonight at daytime is weird. That's <laughs> stupid. Um, that's just an obvious, what are you doing? Um, I know they couldn't really do be prepared with the um, goose stepping hyenas or whatever. No, it, no, they it's, couldn't. It's kind of upset, depressing what they do with it. it but, um, you know, so it's, it's by no means perfect. And I mm-hmm. love the original and I will always love the original more. And it's no, you know, it's not a classic, of, but it, it's it's obviously it is a um, landmark technically. Uh, oh yeah, oh boy. It's kind of like it's a technical landmark that's also sort of oh yeah, it's kind of makes me think oh, it just reminds me of the Lion King, makes me wonder what's the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, yeah. you just go. You know, a lot of the things that are good about it, they can't really take credit for because it's the um, original music right. and stuff and it, the effect it has on you or whatever. So, um, like, the original score and stuff like that is mm-hmm. still amazing. Um, yeah, so I would say to people, if you were like me, like, no, 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 don't, not having it. Maybe give it a shot, you know, especially if it's like have Disney, it. Disney Plus or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't have to pay extra for it. Give it a uh-huh. shot. Um, That's fair. I, I, yeah. Be prepared that you might like it. <laughs> nice. nice touch. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think unless there's anything else, I think we've we've wrapped up. We've had a full... Full ep- full episode today with a lot of different uh, topics of discussion, lots of new stuff, lots of uh, it seems like t- it seems to be a lot of nostalgia uh, focused new projects, but you know for better or for worse. But it it seems like we've we've all been able to get something out of it, I think. And uh, yeah, I this has been a fun this has been a very fun chat. So um, thank mm-hmm. you, yeah, thank you guys for joining me today for this. It's been delightful. <laughs> thank you guys. I kind of just want to go back and I watch like I want to rewatch Lion King. I want to rewatch Monsters University. I want to rewatch 
they're mm-hmm. forging a Pokemon movie. Like it's it's gonna be. I want to watch Pokemon three again. God, yes. Actually, even even the Lugia one, like I kind of like that too. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. Maybe by the end of this week, maybe if I, we've, if we've both seen that, maybe we can have like a discussion about it. That would be sure. that would be yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. If you're if you're listening to this episode of the podcast and you, you want us to talk about that film, if you want us to send us your support, please at uh, podcast at animationforadults.com, email, and we will uh, bump that up. It sounds like a fun time. All right. Um, but if you want to stay tuned with the usual news and reviews, please continue to stay tuned to our website at animationforadults.com. Um, as well as just uh, wherever you consume this podcast. Uh, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're gonna probably going to stick with your podcast uh, platform of choice, so won't bother to go through all that. But if you want to stay in terms of uh, social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and Tumblr. I think I did that. It was one of the first times I was able to say all of them in one go. Yay mm-hmm. me. Um, if you would like to support our website as well as our podcast in terms of future content, please check out our Patreon page as well as our Ko-Fi page and uh, please lend us your support. And again, any kind of feedback on our podcast format, what we talk about, if you anything that stands out to you that you would like to say, oh, this is good, or hey, maybe, um, you know, maybe you could try changing it this way to make it more streamlined. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. So, And you can leave a review on your platform of choice and if let us know if you leave us a nice review. We might read it out. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd very much appreciate that. Um, in terms of our individual uh, social media, uh, Chris, where can we find you? You can find me at Mr. Chris Dorr on Twitter and also Instagram. Wonderful. How about you, Dan? You can find me on Twitter at Hamu. And you can find me on Twitter on at Fail2Ninja. All right. Thank you once again for joining us. Everyone stay well, use that hand sanitizer, wash your hands, take care of yourself and enjoy some downtime and some charming, wonderful animation. Take Mm -hmm. care, everybody. Take care. Bye. my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some mickey d's deal there's a deal for every moment at mcdonald's right now get two of your favorites for just 350 mix and match a classic mcchicken a hot and spicy mcchicken or a juicy mcdouble price and participation may vary cannot be combined with combo meal single item at regular price there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you 
travel back in time to a city rich with history, discover amazing artists and musicians, taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal.